0: Howdy Hooda Thunkers. This is the host of the Hooda Thunked podcast, Zeb, coming at you with episode 124, called Dick Proanecki. Uh, That's the name of a guy that we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into the main topic, which would be Dick Proanecki, we're going to get into the recommendation segment, where I tell you, recommend that you do something or check something out or look into something. Typically, uh, Maybe a movie or a book or something like that, but not always. Sometimes I have guests come on and recommend something that the first thing comes to their mind. My mom recommended you simply go outside, which I love that. I've recommended that you go to farmer's markets. This week, I recommend you check out The Sandman. Now, this is both a book and now a TV series written by Neil Gaiman, or Gaiman. I think he pronounces it Gaiman, but I thought for the longest time it was Gaiman. Either way. Neil Gaiman Gaiman, has written some of the coolest stories to have ever hit the page. One of the most popular characters is the Sandman. Um, I had never heard of it. I like comic books, but I like the the, the traditional ones. Uh, Captain America, Superman, Batman, Hulk, stuff like that. This is a little bit different, a lot more adult, which those characters I just mentioned also do have some adult stories um, that are not meant for kids and are a little bit more mature. But this one is... Originally a mature story written by Neil Gaiman. The Sandman comics are dark, deep of thought and captivating. And now there is a Netflix series, which I think actually does the comic, the comic book series uh, justice, which is pretty cool. Um, That's not usually the case. Here's the plot. When the Sandman, a.k.a. Dream, the cosmic being who controls all dreams, is captured and held prisoner for more than a century. He must journey across different worlds and timelines to fix the chaos his absence has caused. So it sounds a bit odd. Think of it like this. Concepts such as death, dream, desire, despair, they're all characters in these stories. They're brothers and sisters and siblings, actually. And then they have a father, the one above them. You don't hear too much about, but he is there. This one follows Dream or The Sandman. So I suggest you crack open a comic and watch the Netflix series. But I know most people will just watch the series. Either way, enjoy. Uh, because The Sandman is amazing. And, but like I said, not for kids. Now, for the main event. Uh, Richard Pronecki, uh, Dick Pronecki, was born May 4th, 1916 in Primrose, Iowa. His father made a living painting houses, drilling wells, and through carpentry. And while we're talking about Dick's dad, I wanted to give a shout out to my father. He's the one that suggested um, this be an episode where he sent me the story of Dick Pernecki, um, because I think he thought his story was really awesome. I don't know if he knew that I was going to make a, a podcast episode about it, but I have. Thanks, Dad. Um, this was really interesting looking into his life. Dick's, like I said, Dick's dad was, um, he painted houses, carpenter, drilled wells. His mother, um... His name was William Christian Pernecki, and he was a veteran of, the war, of World War I. His mother, Laura Pernecki, was a gardener and housekeeper. The two married in 1909, that's a long time ago, and they had seven kids, which I guess was more common back then, but still a lot of kids. Richard, or Dick Pernecki, uh, did attend school, but stopped attending high school after just two years because he didn't see the point of it, really. Typically seen as a free spirit, Dick spent his youth working as a driving contractor, farmer, and doing the usual odd job of an Iowa farmer uh, back then. To call the Wild, uh, the Call of the Wild inspired him to get a Harley Davidson as a teenager, and I just love that detail. Um, seeing this wild man drive around in a Harley. While he loved nature and being out in it, he also loved to tinker with gadgets. Even with very little formal education at at this point in his life, he was a whiz at taking apart machines and putting them back together. So that was how he lived his life, mechanic by day and enjoying the natural world in his free time. That is until the next chapter of his life came around, a chapter that had the same title for virtually every person on the planet at the time. Pearl Harbor occurred in December 7th of 1941, The very next day, Dick Pernecki enlisted in the U.S. Navy. And wow, what a sentence that is. Pearl Harbor happened the next day he enlisted. Pretty cool. I think that's interesting saying that is, think about that. Every person on the planet had a chapter in their life that lived during this time, had a chapter in their life said the war, and they meant World War II. Dick lived during that time, and so he was affected by it too. He served as a carpenter at, at Pearl Harbor and San Francisco. And towards the end of the war, he came down with rheumatic fever and was in the hospital when the war officially ended. According according to one of his biographers and friend, Sam Keith, the illness was very revealing for Pernecki, uh, who decided to devote the rest of his life to the strength and health of his body. Rheumatic fever, I looked it up, is an autoimmune disease that inflames the body's tissues, such as joints and heart. Uh, healthcare providers may also call it acute rheumatic fever. It happens when the body's immune system overreacts to a strep throat or scarlet fever infection that hasn't been fully treated. Apparently, uh, Dick hadn't had much uh, as, as much as a common cold before this. He probably had one hell of an immune system from being outside all the time. So you can see how this illness that he got really shook him to his core. Perhaps this didn't affect Dick the same way, but I couldn't imagine how missing out on one of the greatest celebrations the world has ever seen would affect me. Imagine serving in the largest scale war that has occurred on the face of the earth. That's world war ii And when it ends, you see the streets of the world celebrating. Everyone's happy about it, but you are stuck in a hospital bed. That's a total bummer. So that's where, that's where Dick was. That's where rheumatic fever left him when the war was over. Uh, and Dick had been medically discharged. He decided to become a diesel mechanic and pursued education to accomplish such. so, He wasn't dumb, he wasn't a big fan of education, but he did like this uh, more pointed, um, more specific kind of education. It turned out he had a knack for it. Dick was great at adapting to new environments, he was as sharp as a tack, and no one ever called the man lazy. It didn't take long for him to garner the reputation of a skilled technician, but he didn't feel fulfilled in his life at that point. He left the promising life of a diesel mechanic to pursue a life in nature, He moved to Oregon to work on a sheep ranch, and not long after, moved to Shuyuk Island, Alaska in 1950. There, he worked as a heavy equipment operator repairman at the Naval Air Station in Kodiak Island, and I think Kodiak Island is one of the coolest places. They have like their own specific kind of bear, the Kodiak bear out there. But once again, he couldn't stay put for years. He hopped around Alaska working as a salmon fisherman, diesel tech and employee for the Fish and Wildlife Service. His reputation as a skilled technician or repairman mechanic allowed him to save up enough money to retire early, and that is when Dick Proonecki's true story begins, when he retires. After living a life of enjoying nature and mechanic work, he had an accident, welding one day, that made him sway more towards nature. The welding accident nearly took his ability to see, and just like his bout with rheumatic fever, gave him perspective on his life. He decided to cherish his body and sight more, and that's what ha- that's what helped him decide to retire. It was on May 21st of 1968 that Dick Proanecki, um did what most who love nature only dream of. He arrived at his new place of retirement, but really it was his first place of living. Um, it was Twin Lakes, Alaska. A lot of people think of retirement as all oh, your life's mostly over now. You just enjoy what you can. Um, this is different. This is. He did retirement right. He had prepared for his move, for this move for, by coordinating with retired Navy Captain uh, Spire Carrithers and his wife, Hope. He left his camper in their care and their permission to use their cabin as an initial base of operations in the area. Because um, he's way out there. Twin Lakes, Alaska is very remote. Captain Carithers' cabin uh, was in a beautiful spot on the lake, and more importantly, it was close enough to the site Dick had picked out for his own cabin. Dick constructed his cabin on the shores of Twin Lakes um, where he could wake up to the sounds of the wilderness, open his door to the sight of blue glaciers and giant pine trees, and live off the land for the next three decades. That's right, three decades, 30 years. Thanks to a PBS special that was popular for my parents' generation, people associate Twin Lakes Alaska with Dick Proonecki himself and his retirement. But before he came along in 1968... It was just known as a remote location for nature enthusiasts or tourists to soak up the wild splendor. Not your typical tourist because this is not an easy place to get to, but they it was a beautiful place. The natural landscape is made up of lakes that are deep and have a rich blue color to them. They sit at the bottom of tall snow-capped mountains and, of course, filled with Alaska's wild and tenacious flora and fauna. I have a little map on the blog if you want to check it out. It's called Twin Lakes, but they are connected, so... You can It's referred to as Twin Lakes or The Lake. Um, it's just a large body of water. When Dick showed up, he wasn't set on settling the area to make a town or a tourist spot. No, he simply wanted to thrive alongside nature himself, by himself. He made his camp along the southern shores of the largest part of the lake. His skill as a carpenter allowed him to construct an impressive cabin from trees he processed all on his own. When he was finished, he had a stone chimney bunk beds ingenious door hinges made out of wood that he made himself and a wide window overlooking the lake. That's the part I think captivated my dad, just the the way he did it, which I'm not going to be able to capture during a podcast. That's why I think you should check out uh, all of his books and documentaries yourself, but we'll get to that in a bit. This man constructed his own lakefront property out in the Alaskan wilderness. Although I respect the hell out of that, I plan on uh, doing no such thing. If I make it to retirement myself, <laughs> I plan on traveling all over North America in like a cozy camper with my wife. That's a much easier feat than Dick Proneki's retirement plan, which was basically living in one of the harshest environments you can think of. Although many would say he lived a simple life, I'd argue that Dick Bronecki's years out in Twin Lakes, Alaska, were anything but simple. He was far away from the modern comforts we have all grown accustomed to here, closer to the heartbeat of society. No electricity meant he had to heat himself and every meal by the fireplace. Without Without a refrigerator, he had to get creative with his food storage, so he can't just get some cheese out of the fridge. That's not an option. Uh... During Alaska's brutal seven-month winter, it was the opposite of needing a refrigerator, he had to bury his food deep underground to keep it from freezing solid, but he didn't want it to be close to the fire and, and spoil too quickly either. So, interesting. He had to get a little creative. And Dick's time at Twin Lakes, his story... Um, There meant a lot to people. And I think for two main reasons, this is what I would get. This is what I get out of it. One, he was able to survive in such a harsh environment. If Dick ran out of food, it would take him days to reach the nearest uh, town or market for food. If he had a catastrophic encounter with wildlife and needed medical attention or even just slipped and hurt himself that way, it would you know, that would take him days as well. If Dick was out fishing and his canoe tipped and he and he fell in the water, he would freeze within minutes. Yet that didn't seem to happen. Despite all that, he managed to survive for 30 years. I've recommended the History Channel's Alone series that has contestants try to survive on their own in remote wilderness areas like this for as long as they can. The longest season of that lasted like 117 days. Dick puts that show to shame. It is, it is a lost art living the way that he did, surviving like that and thriving. The other reason is that Dick didn't just survive, he truly lived. This is why another thing I, I think it connects with people. The man was pursuing a mental state that most of us couldn't even dream of today. That's one of the biggest things of that show alone. Yes, people have physical problems, but they also go insane. They're, they have mental issues too. He was out there by choice, and he was happy. There were park rangers that stopped in to check on Dick every once in a while. And when they uh, recount their experience with Dick, they saw him as like this wise monk who seemed to have tapped into something a lot of us couldn't. Although Dick Dick has passed away, he lives on through the cabin he built and the journal entries that he wrote uh, while in his quote unquote retirement. So these are quotes from him. Um, Was I equal to everything this wild land could throw at me? I had seen its moods in late spring, summer, and early fall. But what about the winter? Would I love the isolation then? With its bone-stabbing cold, its ghostly silence at age 51, I decided to find out. And my screen just went black. I have found that some of the simplest... Hold on, my screen's giving me issues. I have found that some of the simplest things have given me the most pleasure... Did you ever pick blueberries after a summer rain? Pull on dry woolen socks after you've peeled off the wet ones? Come in out of the sub-zero and shiver yourself warm in front of a wood fire. The world is full of such things. Those are just a couple entries. Luckily, there is no shortage of journal entries as Dick filled up over 250 Notepads during his time at Twin Lakes. Thankfully, he also kept a camera to record how he lived the way that he did so others can try and do it too. Through the power of editing and the memories he left behind, there have been documentaries, websites, books, and books about his life. In 2004, there was a documentary titled Alone in the Wilderness that was released after Dick passed away. Now, about his death, you might imagine... Dick living out his life in the cabin he built himself, going to sleep for the last time in his own paradise of solitude. But that's not how it went down. Dick didn't let old age stop him from doing what he wanted to do. When young tourists or visitors, as Dick called them, would go out there, all the way at trek all the way out to Twin Lakes, Alaska to meet Dick, um, they would ask him, you know, what's your favorite hiking trail? What do you like to do? And he would take them to his favorite rock and he would outpace them on this hike. He would just be like, excuse me, let me take you there. Uh, You're going a little too slow. At the age of 81. But something changed in Dick. Instead of staying in Twin Lakes up until the very end, he decided to write his last chapter in life a little differently than the the past uh, 30 years. In 1998, Dick packed his few belongings and moved to Hemet, California to live out the rest of his life with his brother. He died of a stroke on April 20th, 2003 at the age of 86. He willed his cabin to the National Park Service, and it remains a popular visitor attraction in the still remote Twin Lakes region of Lake Clark National Park. Now, Sam Keith, who got to know Proanecki, Dick Proonecki, at the Kodiak Naval Station and went on numerous hunting and fishing trips with him, suggested that Proanecki's journals might be the basis for a good book. And this is how he, his legend started to grow. In 1973, Keith published the book, One Man's Wilderness, An Alaskan Odyssey, based on Proonecki's journals and photography. After years in print, it was reissued in a new format in 1999, winning the year's National Outdoor Book Award, which is pretty cool. In his last message to the world, his last will and testament, Dick Proonecki left his cabin out in the southern shores of Twin Lakes, Alaska, to the Rangers of the national park service as a gift, which is, I think is cool. But the funny part is (laughs) Dick never owned that land (laughs) or any land out there at all. And the Rangers knew that they just liked them so much that they let them stay there. Uh, but I I think it's funny that technically he was just gifting them something that they already owned. (laughs) So I thought that was neat, and we'll end it with a uh, quote from his friend, Sam Keith, who also talks about the uh, documentary to live, in a pristine land unchanged by man, to roam a wilderness through which few other humans have passed, to choose an idyllic site, cut trees, build a log cabin, to be a self-sufficient craftsman making what is needed from materials available, to be not at odds with the world, but content with one's own thoughts and company. Thousands have had such dreams, but Dick Proanecki lived them. He found a place, built a cabin, and stayed to become part of the country this video alone in the wilderness is a simple account of the day-to-day explorations and activities he carried out alone and the constant chain of nature nature's events that kept him company so yeah go check out that that uh, documentary um props to some of my sources here all things interesting did a good article on him there's the dickpronecki.com, it's a website, looks like it was made in the 90s, never changed. Then there's the westmarginpress.com, Margin, has a couple of his entries. And then my father sent me the Instagram post from the account Lost Art Press, that's the name of the Instagram account. The, uh, the post says, millions of PBS viewers first met Dick, Pr- Dick Pronecki through the program Alone in the Wilderness, which documents Dick's 30-year adventure in the Alaskan Wilderness, on the shores of twin lakes dick built his cabin and nearly all of the household objects he required to survive from the ingenious wood hinges on his front front door to the metal ice creepers he, he uh, strapped to his boots and now the handcrafted life of dick proinecki examines this adventure through the lens of dick's tools and the objects he made written by Mon- monroe robinson the caretaker of dick's cabin and his personal effects the book weaves together vintage photos and entries from Dick's journals, plus new drawings and images to paint a portrait of a man fully engaged in life and the natural world around him. So there are tons of journals, books, um, anal- and analysis of how he did it. And I love that. I love that it was documented. But he was still alone the whole time, and and he made his own paradise. I respect that. Thanks for listening, Hootah Thunkers. That was my episode on Dick Proanecki. Thanks for the suggestion, Dad. And tune in next week, guys. Hope you enjoyed.